It's time for the Drive Stop 4 at 4. Hour number two of the drive begins with the top four at four. Back from his hiatus, Tucker Harlan, what do you got? Thank you, Russell. At number one is a big win for Tennessee last night over Auburn. Number 11, Auburn, 92-84 to in Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. Dalton Connect tied his season high in points with another 39-point outing. Zakai Ziegler and Jonas Adu also scored in double figures for the Vols. I mean, there, there were some like Adu played well, Ziegler, great after second not half. playing well, played well. Um, I in, thought, in, in reduced minutes for Adu because he got in foul trouble yeah, and he had yeah. to sit for a long well, time. He ultimately fell down, yeah. Vescovy and James have found their stride as the ultimate role players. I mean, we, we had some great screen setters, some, some great performances last night, but Vescovy Connect rightfully gets all the accolades at number two. Quick note ahead of Tennessee's baseball series this weekend. It will not start A.J. Russell tomorrow in the opener against Bowling Green. Instead, A.J. Causey will take the mound against the Falcons tomorrow. Drew Beam is still scheduled to pitch Saturday. Still TBA for Sunday? Yeah. wonder who it's going to be. I've heard uh, there's rumors that it might be uh, Seacrest. Xander. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that's the safe bet. He's been the Sunday starter the first two weeks and did a little bit better last week. And he covered himself in glory. Tony kind of yanked him. I think he only pitched two innings in the Sunday game against Albany. And he he did well. And I I don't know if that was just the plan to get more arms in there or if it was, hey, let's get Xander some confidence and and keep him hungry. But, I mean, let's get him in, get him out. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see because, you know, he's – been in that midweek spot for a while and they don't usually throw those guys more than two innings i'm interested to see how cause he does tomorrow big opportunity for him to kind of stake his claim to potentially be the sunday starter where we at with sneed he's he's another strong arm yeah uh, might might be your closer could be a third starter got time to figure these things out is the good thing at number three ground has been broken for the new tennessee Titans stadium the new Nissan Stadium will be built on the east side of the current stadium campus along Nashville's East Bank. And features of the building include a circular translucent roof, exterior porches with panoramic views of the city, improved sight lines, and a 12,000 square foot community space available for year-round use. And it's targeted to be ready for the 2026 NFL season, correct? either that or 27 i mean if you're gonna be spending here's my only problem with this whole deal if you're gonna be spending that kind of money Mm -hmm. i mean why not go ahead and get that system where you can have not uh like they have at uh jerry's world and i believe in arizona as well where you can basically roll roll the the grass out yeah i don't think they they have have it in jerry's world they have it in las vegas where they have the super bowl space might be an issue. I don't, I don't know. I, does, does climate? Because, you know, in Las Vegas and Arizona, it, oh, it does get cold there. I, I don't know, man. It's Yeah, but – It's got to be outside. It, but plenty of sun, and obviously they they have plenty of water. But, yeah, it is weird. Like, Tennessee's right on the that line of where 
what is it? It's like bluegrass and fescue. Fescue. Like depending we're on, yeah. we're in like the dead zone of like you really can't have great year-round turf that's real. Like it'll like, either like, die like, early like, depending like, on like, the seasons. Like they can't set up a massive space age system of like. Well, they've got those rolling lights. lights now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Also, retractable roof. Anyone like that? I thought that would be a, a lock, but no. Y'all just think money grows on trees, don't you? Sorry, I, I, I mean they're spending two billion dollars. I mean, it, you know, Atlanta got to cut costs. Uh, cut costs somewhere. I mean, Chris, if you're going to do it, do it right, right? That's what I'm saying. Tucker. And finally, at number four, you'll be happy to know that Kyle Filipowski played 29 minutes last night in Duke's win over Louisville. <laughs> Kyle Filipowski. The That's appearance good. came My. just four days after Filipowski suffered a sprained knee during a court storming collision no, at Wake no, Forest. No, no, wait, no, 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 you're not. You're doing the top four. It's a show of record in Knoxville. You'll tell the truth. Who called it a sprained knee? Besides Davey Hudson. This is CBS <laughs> that called it a sprained knee. No, it was a knee bruise because he got bumped on the knee. Uh, this, this, I don't even think there was a bruise. I think he had oh a wounded ego, bruised pride. What he had, I think he's perfectly fine. Other than the fact that he's a Duke wuss. Also, I thought was it not his right knee? Because he came out in a leg sleeve, but it was on his left knee last My night. My favorite tweet last knee, night but- was the. Triple H thing where he had the fake cast and he gets oh. up out of the wheelchair. No, that's Kevin. That's big sexy Kevin Nash. Tennessee's that was own. classic. Thank you, Tucker. That is the top four at four as we break things down on this leap day. Thursday, February 29th edition of the show. The madness. It feels so different today. It's, I mean, it's upon us, man. It's time. I've got a, a sense of relief, like... Uh, since we've beaten him a couple of times, it's it's not been as bad. But but anytime that dude rolls into town, it the pucker factor I think is turned up a little bit. It's- Felt pretty decisive last night. Last year it was kind of a fluky game. There were some weird calls, and it was just eh, like it. We really beat him. We we it, vanquished him. Last year was an it sucks, but we'll take it win. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. Rick Barnes thoroughly outcoached Bruce Pearl last night and I, I really didn't think pearl overall was that bad i thought auburn actually played really well he scored what 84 he made a couple of yeah that, like that's Russ the thing. Said, he, he made, made a couple made, of calls that just yeah it, they're like it's like from the outside it's like it's not brooms in the zone just as much as dalton connect if you want to have a chance he's going off we can't i mean we weren't doing anything with him let's be honest well, no, but like like Russ said, they did they stopped going inside to him. They started pulling him out and wanting him to shoot that three. When they when they went to Bruce and he was mic'd up, that's the play he was drawing up. Was Janai, you're gonna be up top, but look for that extra pass. And it's like, what are you doing? Like you've got Adu like kind of on the on the ropes mm-hmm. foul wise. Like, why not just go in and attack? And he didn't do it. The zone move that Russ mentioned, that was kind of peculiar. Getting a tech on a play when there was no contact, and then the refs go to review it, which I think made it worse for him because they're like, all right, let's look at this. And they, they realize he was just lying. He made it all up. Yeah. That's not the way That's to get the refs on That's not like your... Bruce Pearl. That's not the Bruce I know. He are you... tells the Wait, truth. Are you impugning the integrity of one Bruce Pearl? I won't stand for it. <laughs> He's not told a lie. 
George Washington. Yeah, I was going to say George Washington of college Bruce basketball. Bruce chop down that cherry tree. Let's get uh, Trey in here. Trey, you're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Good afternoon, sir. What's up, fellas? How's it going? Hey. Well, I'm strolling around a, uh, a Bucky's up here in Richmond, Kentucky, you know, repping my orange proudly. And I can, I can tell you guys, I'm still on cloud nine after yesterday. I mean, I think, to what you guys were just talking about, I think that we did to Bruce what he's probably done to us in Barnes a lot of years. I mean, he, it was an emotional game where he made irrational decisions, and he lost because of it. I mean, and I think Barnes was by far the better coach last night. I mean, Bruce did not help them in any way win that game. So, I, I loved it. I think that this is a complete deconstruction of the uh, the argument that the bashers usually make. And, you know, they saw their Lord and Savior, you know, Christopher, <laughs> you know, die on the altar last night. It's, it's really, Trey, so, for me, I mean, when you, when you start looking at – it's like every time, every game where he's – we're setting some kind of record – uh, he set another. Con- he set a conference record last night, and I mean, it, it's we've beaten more. What is it? Top twenty teams. What what is it up to now? Twelve top twenty. Twelve teams. in a row against top fifteen teams when both teams are ranked in the top fifteen. I, th- I think it's twelve in a row against the top twenty five, which is a conference record. Did you see the stat of Auburn against top five teams all time? No, One and thirty. Yeah, that's bad. So, I, I mean, it, it's just in it, and I, I really appreciate everything. We wouldn't have Barnes if, if Bruce Pearl hadn't taken us to where he took us to. But, I mean, damn, man, it's been almost, you know, we're closing in on 15 years. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. you know, we appreciate it, but. It's in the past, the, yeah. the distant past. I mean, this dude, this guy's the guy that came in and kind of in a way was the one that cleaned up the mess that started on Bruce's watch. If y'all want to date the stripper, y'all go ahead. I, yeah. I, I'm dating uh, Donna Reed over here, okay? We'll date the deacon. We're marrying. But, yeah. Make an honest but, uh, woman out of her. But, yeah, I mean, and then it was just, yeah. It, I'm I'm, uh, I'm now I'm, I'm a little excited and nervous, I think. I think Alabama, guys, even though that's on the road at Coleman, I don't think that's, that's our hardest game left. I really don't. I think they don't play defense unless they're shooting lights out. And we have one of our poor shooting nights. I think we'll win that one. Um, I mean, Kentucky's uh, Kentucky. South Carolina. The, I'm. I think South Carolina is going to be the toughest of the three. I've got a really bad feeling. Yeah, I flipped those with you, Bear. But I, I mean, I, 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 I would say though that South Carolina does does have a recipe to hurt us when they're inside game. I mean, that's how they killed us last time. I'm guessing Alabama plays a little bit. I'm, I'm guessing they play a little more defense Saturday night. I, I just, you know, they're going to be up for them. I mean, this is such a huge game for them. It's a big game for us, too. I mean, they are going to be – we embarrassed them last time. We've beaten them two times in a row. It's Alabama-Tennessee. They've got ESPN there, game day. Like, it's going to be big game atmosphere. We're going to get nothing than their best effort of the season. No, I mean, I, I agree. I just don't know if that's going to be enough. Uh, you know, it depends on how we shoot, of course. But, um, you know, Russ, I, I got to say, I don't I don't uh, appreciate your Dalton Connect hate. 
and your your Zach Eady fandom. <laughs> I mean, were you listening with? Uh, I, I know you're in Bucky's right now. It's sometimes hard to hear in those environments, Trey. But are you sure you weren't listening to a different program in our number one? Because the situation you just described it did not happen. I thought I was listening to um, Boilermaker Bob on the morning show, but um, <laughs> no, I, I, I legitimately, Russ, let's, joking aside, Connect, if he goes off and down the final stretch, I mean, I don't see, I don't see how he isn't player of the year. Not Again, not that it, that's our season, but it just, Zach Eady is, is a, 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 he does the same thing over and over again. He shoots free throws. That is not the best player in college basketball. It's not. Connect does so many more things. Mm. And I don't think Zach Eadie's pop will pop it off going for 30, 40 a night. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Zach Eadie will probably win because most of your media is based in that area and that's the market they care about. But I just, I, I'm, I'm not ready to concede that battle. I'm not either, but. All that was said was the guys averaging pretty much twenty five points and like twelve or fourteen. I can't remember exact the exact eleven point eight on the year. Yeah. So what does Connect do? What does he need to do in your guys' eyes to to overcome that? I don't. I don't know. He'll have to have some sort of signature breakthrough moment because I think for most people, I'm sure Dalton Connect registered on the radar last night and maybe it turned some heads and. But but I think to overtake Edie, he's going to have to have a game where he goes for 40-plus, something like that. Yeah, I was just, just looking. Edie's high on the season is 35. And Is that against us? I don't believe so. No, 23 against us. I was, I was thinking that last night, and I know he missed a few free throws. It, feel, it feels like if he can get to 40, that creates – a little bit of a, a media bomb so, so when where they're they, like, no when, one's done this. When do they vote on this? Like, is the tournament included in it? That's a good question. Because if, I th- if, think if, it's after conference tournaments, but before the before NCAA, the I believe. Don't quote me on that. I think the deck's probably st- – I think the one thing that could catapult him if, if he – if it's after the NCAA tournament, if he came up and scored 40 points against, like, UConn or something. Yeah, it's, damn hard to die it's also point. weird, too, because obviously he had the injury at Carolina, and then there were a few games in there where we were working on stuff, and he only had, what, there was a game he had four, there was a game he had two, a game maybe eight. Zach Eady has not scored single digits once this season. He has double digits every single game. He's also been He's healthy this year. Oh, I know. I, I agree. With, I mean, don't, don't hear me – sit here and say Zach Eady's incredible yeah. he's a big tall doofus who happens to be a big tall doofus and you know so that's, can hit the only, that's the only time where I, I disagree I disagree with you you Matt's don't think he's big and tall I don't you I mean you describe me as a big tall doofus you guys are making this I mean it's and I don't blame you I'm just saying anybody in college basketball for the most part at the D1 level if they were seven six could do what Zach Eady does it's not a special yeah, a skill genetic- set He's a genetic freak with a pituitary disorder, and, and that's what we're going to make national players. So you guys are basically saying that, that he's no more athletic than any of us, which no, is, he's, he's honest to God, maybe the dumbest thing I've ever heard on this show. I'm not fair, saying he's not fair, athletic. Fair. I'm saying he's 7'6". Yeah. If Dalton Connect was 7'6", he'd be the best player in the history of basketball. I'm just telling you, look it up. The kid, is a, he's been a, he was a phenom 
in multiple sports in I'm, any in I any didn't way. say he wasn't athletic. Well, you I'm guys saying, are describing the poor kid as a big tall doofus. He is a big tall doofus. He's good at being a post player. There, athleticism and skill aren't the same thing. Dalton Connect. Intelligence and having takes on this player. show apparently aren't either. So, okay. Guys, on the way out, Russ, you turned me on to the Bucky's uh, pulled pork sandwich. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, when you get tired of the pulled pork, that club sandwich, do not sleep on that. It is underrated, it is overlooked, really? and it is delicious. I love a good club sandwich. Yeah. You said pulled pork sandwich, and Russell's eyes rolled into the back of his head. <laughs> 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 Looked like Homer Simpson in the McRib. The warm chips, you get the chips. Oh, he hung up. The Bucky's chips. Are they good? I've never had They're them. They're so good. I've had their tots. They're okay. I came really close to stopping at a Bucky's last time I drove to Nashville. Have you still not been? Came really close to doing something great that would have been awesome, but I decided, no, I don't like that kind of thing. Is it on the list? Oh, yeah. Bucky's? Bucky, Bucky's and pulled pork is on the list. I'm done here. This is... What? I mean, I... I hate having it being red, but, I mean, you need it red, do you? I've only heard it once since I've been on the show, brother. I'll sometimes entertain questions. Look, are we about Tiger it? Team or not? Because yeah, right now you're, you're you're getting a little combative. That's part of being on Tiger Team. You know this. That's fair. You need to become familiar with the list. Can you uh, can you Xerox that for me? Have it sent over so I can have it listed. We're a paperless office. That's a good point. We thought about putting it on. It was a, a my cousin Vinny joke, but it, it wasn't very good. Everything is awesome. Yeah! Let's go! Key lime pie, dry fit shirts, buffets, Thanksgiving dinner, screen doors, field of dreams, zoos, Olive Garden breadsticks, tiramisu, King's Hawaiian rolls, Halloween, Red Panda, McDonald's. Hoosiers, Hot Tubs, Van Morrison, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Cruises, The Great American Cookie Company, Spaceballs, Huey Lewis in the News, Peter Gabriel, The Color Red, Trail Mix, Magic, Jelly Beans, Ben and Jerry's, Disney World, South Park, Brown Sugar by the Rolling Stones, Money for Nothing by Dire Straits, Strawberries, Pineapple, Jumbotrons, Watermelon, Cinnamon Butter, The Office, People Being Nice, Beer, Bowberry Biscuits, Warm Cookies, Pork, Tom Brady, Cheez-Its, Biscuits and Gravy, Icing, Receiving Gifts, Slash Gratitude, Farmers, Smart People, Buckies, Road Trips, Dr. Pepper, Jesse Spano, Sweet Tea, Proud to be an American by Lee Greenwood, Strawberry Jam, and The Wonder Years, and the list of awesome things Bear hates. There's like 15 things on there towards the end that have... Are oh, awesome. already been on there. Wonderful things. That I don't hate. <laughs> We've got another list. I'm probably going to do this every time the list is played. Because every time I listen, I hear one that I'm like, how? how? The Great American Cookie Company? Yeah, that's a garbage cookie. That's a terrible, terrible cookie. Have you and had they, them they, all? They, like, yeah. what are you talking about? I've, I've had enough. <laughs> it's happened. a ripoff. Have you had the sugar is, double doozy? Uh, that, that it's just a, it's a garbage cookie. Is that what those two cookies with yeah, the thing with in the cream in the middle? It's like oh. the most <laughs> artificial, and it, it uses like that, yeah. like that, like as that, American it, as it no, gets. That uh, seventy style, like 
it, it's the frosting that comes in the can like damn cheese whiz, okay? But it's frosting. It's that super artificial crap, and it's just not good. And nothing tells me that you like me less than if you bring me some crap cookie cake instead of making something it's fresh from scratch. I don't care if it comes out of a that. damn box mix. Well, I my wife did that. You got any other questions there? Uh-oh, uh-oh, a rift forming between the Tiger team. It's <laughs> nah. not even going to last a week. This it's, is The team was formed on Monday. It'll be over by Friday. It will, it will not, not be over. The ESPN 30 for 30 on the Tiger team. It's going to be it, – it'll be one of the 30 for 30 shorts. <laughs> it'll be on that – one of those things, one of those 10-minute deals. But, wow, how quickly that unraveled. You can't drive a wedge between us. We're just having a spirited discussion. Any others that jump out at you? I actually like the color red. I'm not a big red guy. I just don't like the color red. Associated I don't, with Georgia. I don't, yeah, me too. Georgia, Bama, I'm, I'm not a big fan that of red. That red. Pa- red panda, she ain't ever coming off. Yeah, the red panda one's weird. I think she is very overrated. It's very difficult what she does, but it's just the same thing every time. There's nothing new with red panda. But I don't hate I just, her. If you could tell me that I would not go to jail, I would like to take an attempt from 40 rows up with a good-sized grapefruit. You get a good Vita Blue grip on that sucker, and you just hurl it. Okay. I don't want to injure Red Panda. I okay. don't want to hurt. Are you, your criticism of Red Panda is very similar to your criticism of Zach Eady. Yeah, one-trick pony. Feel like uh, there's an anti-Asian bias oh, that's okay. running you know, through. You <laughs> know, I, I almost said it right when you mentioned it. I was like, okay, careful, Houston. You're on the drive. Now. I love Asian. <laughs> love everything about it. The culture, the po- the politeness, the food, the cuisine, if you will. You were on a very socially conscious show. Very politically correct. What, what have I? What have I done that's not PC? I don't know. Exactly. You don't know because I haven't done anything. I love all people. I'm sure Red Panda is an upstanding person. I just, you know, she flips. It some, makes me some mad on her foot. that she never drops those damn bowls. She's dropped them. Maybe that would make you like her more if you see the the ones that don't make Sports Center. No, I just like to throw a big grapefruit at her and see if she could dodge it and not lose all those bowls on top of her. But I'm anti Asian. Mm. Okay, has nothing to do with being Asian. Wrong grapefruit. Annoying. Friends across the pond, not very progressive, Bear. Not very tolerant. The drive continues. More Fan Run Radio coming up. Fan Run Radio. The drive continues the halfway point of our program for you today. Let's go back to the phones and talk to Lloyd. Good afternoon, Lloyd. You're on the drive. Hey, guys. Good afternoon. How y'all doing? Doing well. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. It was a hell of a performance last night. Um, well, they just answered the bell when it, uh, you know, Auburn played a good game. And um, it seemed like every time Tennessee got up four or five, Auburn would hit a three. Yeah. And then Tennessee just. You know, connect, put the clamps down. Couldn't really put them away until the end. No, and right. I'll, I'll give our team and the staff a lot of credit. There was some panic within me sure. when they went up eight, but the yep. team never did. They never panicked. They never uh, looked like they got down. As soon as we got down eight, and, and I give Barnes credit for this too, he rang 
the connect bell. Shine, shine, shine the bat signal. <laughs> yeah, and it, and well, it was that, the and, perfect and, time. But we did clamp down defensively. Sure. And, and, and we, I can't remember the exact number, but it was a, it was a pretty good bit. We out did a lot more work on the uh, glass than they did last night. That was another spot where they, you know. Well, it's been a problem for for us, I think. Especially in losses. Yeah, I'm trying to find those numbers right now. It looks like. I think they had 30. I think we had 37. They had 30. Yeah, 37, 30. So, yeah. won the battle on the boards, Lloyd. Yeah, and I think, you know, since A&M game, it's obviously been a focus for the staff. And I think the guys have bought in and, you know, they're doing what they have to do to get these rebounds. Offensive rebounding has been widespread probably the last few years. Um, teams, a lot of teams not – not controlling the glass, and a lot of that's due to long threes or whatever. We won't get too mm. much into that. But look at last night. Um, I agree with you, Russ. That Pearl made some tactical errors. Um, that zone. That was brilliant. Uh, John Wooden <laughs> and, uh, over there. Uh, we got this, this guy, deadly three-point shooter on here. Let's let's just let him run. And and connect Eddie just like just waltzed right across the lane, found that little soft spot, the little weak spot right there, just drained it. Set his feet. You remember? Was it? I don't know. Maybe 2017, 2018, whenever Buck Pearl threw a person under the bus and they ran him off, let him take the fall. I don't know if he threw him under the bus so much as he was caught on an FBI say, wiretap. FBI kind of did that, but yeah. But yeah, well, he did, he did point, skate out of that, though. My point is, after that, Auburn got really good. And that's when Stephen Pearl uh, took a lot of ownership as an assistant coach. And then, you know, he was upset at at his daddy last night for that zone. So I wonder if we're crediting the wrong Pearl here with the uh, Auburn success, and could Stephen be up for a job? I mean, I'm not not joking. I've long said the West High School Championship pedigree, championship DNA, runs strong through one Stephen effing Pearl, and uh, perhaps the time has come to pass the torch for Auburn basketball. Well, I mean, Bruce looks like he's, you know, going to enter the um, Opelika wet T-shirt contest over there. <laughs> He does look like somebody wandered out of the, uh, you know, uh, Greater Leeds, Alabama trailer park and just decided, I'm going to coach Auburn now. And they're like, okay, we can roll with that. I mean, how do you go from being one of, if not the best-dressed man in all of college basketball to looking like a homeless addict, like like one of these guys I see living underneath the overpass on I-40? I mean, that's obviously a guy that carries his heart on his sleeves. You know, he's uh, he's wound very tight. Um, always, always appreciate the guy for what he did here, though. I'm not one of those that uh, has any ill will toward him. So, I think it's worked out for both parties. And uh, I hadn't really got to listen to you much. My favorite caller, uh, Jamie, though, uh, here from time to time, and. Um, I know for a while, Jamie was, you know, a Perlinista. And, um, you know, his his mantra was always, hey, guys, I don't care about Bruce back, but I want to win at Bruce Pearl levels. And 
I think it's fair to say we're winning at Bruce Pearl levels. Do we know if Jamie's uh, warmed up to the Deacon fully? He, there's been – Jamie's had a softening. You know, Jamie's a granddad now. And, and, and they'll do it to you. Grandpop Corn Pop. Uh, is he's mellowed a little bit. Like he's, he's softened on hypo, hypo, hypo. He's not quite as, uh, hardcore as he used to be, but don't for one second, if he thought bar, he could get Bruce Pearl back here tomorrow, he'd take him. Yeah. Uh, we get bounced in round two and let's we'll see what Jamie, how soft he's become, <laughs> but he would, he, he'd, right. he'd show up at Barnes house and help him move. Thanks, uh, well, Lloyd. Guys, uh, yeah, appreciate the talk. Good for uh, appreciate it, man. Thank you for calling in this afternoon. Let's get Phil in here next. A man who said he will drink Rick Barnes's bathwater if he goes to the Final Four this year. My favorite line of the week on the drive. What's up, Phil? Where's all right, Debbie? Philly, that was a hell of a win for Rick Barnes and the boys last night. Yeah, it was. It perseveres. I mean, it's it's uh, refreshing that you have a a star player who doesn't even feel the pressure. What do you think of Lloyd's theory that it is time for Bruce Pearl to perhaps hand the reins to LP Little Pearl? Well, I told y'all that possibility a couple days ago. How would that strike you, Bear, to have a West High School grad? coaching in the southeastern conference i don't think there are any catholic uh, grads uh, out there no but I, I i could care less because he's not his dad and well, lloyd said that bruce pearl didn't get things rolling until they were able to quote throw chuck person under the bus and elevate Stephen pearl and give him more influence over the program well it is kind of amazing that uh out of all that stink that uh uh, person took the fall for the whole thing. It is pretty interesting. Like Sean Miller lost his job. I guess he was directly involved there, but Bruce Pearl, he got nine lives, don't he? Well, not like that. I mean, he just, I mean, he didn't get any, you know, I mean, he did get a three year show cause, but he, he didn't. It, I had no idea what my assistant like, coach was doing. Well, I can't well, be held responsible. He was at Boston College back in the day. Now is well, what Tennessee going to do these next three games? Uh, it's going to be pretty a, daunt, a daunting task to go to Tuscaloosa and win. But we went to Rep Arena and won, so uh, who knows? I think we've had more success at Rupp now than we have in Coleman. Uh, I'm I'm concerned about this game Saturday. It would, I mean, I, I, it's fifty fifty to me, and I just I, I know how much they put into these games and you know, the, the effort and the film sessions and the shoot your Jimmy Dykes talking about all the extra shooting connect does and, and all this stuff. And I just, you know, it's, it's a lot, it, it's a lot and they won't be able to take a day off today. Um, they're going to have to practice tomorrow, travel. And then you've got a long day of sitting around a hotel waiting to play an 8 PM game and all that stuff. So I just, I, I'm concerned about it. I, I hope they're up for it, man. It's going to take a lot of mental toughness to, put what happened last night behind them so quickly and then gear up to do it again in a much more difficult circumstance 72 hours later. Well, I would say one of the things we're going to do uh, different against Alabama, we did it in the last Alabama game, Mayshack will play multiple minutes to guard Sears. 
Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to extend the bench a little bit. And you know, I, I, I thought it was pretty. You know, you got uh, Mayshak played ten minutes last night. Awaka and Ganey played twenty-one minutes. I, I'm with you, Phil. You probably want to play Mayshak a little bit more. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Estrella gets off the bench again uh, Saturday. What a learning experience that was for him last night. But uh, we're, we kind of settled in on the rotation here, and this is about the time you're supposed to do it. Yeah, it is. And uh, then you got South Carolina and Kentucky. So I don't. Being being realistic, what would you think? Uh, you take a. a, a one and two the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, two I, and one? well, I, yeah, probably because well, I wouldn't take one and two. I mean, that would be disappointing. But they um, said earlier this week. I think we all kind of said three and one would would be. You'd have to take that. Oh and yeah, I kind of stand by that. So we do that. I mean, think about it, Phil. We will have uh, say the one is this weekend at at, at Coleman, which I mean, me and you have both watched. Tennessee and Alabama forever. That wouldn't be a big shocker to lose in Coleman. But we yeah. would have beaten South Carolina, and we would have uh, won at home on the last game of the year to sweep Kentucky. And, and yeah, break. history says we'll lose to Alabama. Yeah, but we could send them back to the coal mines. Well, Man. I was re- Steve Fisher, who coached the Fab Five at Michigan and coached at San Diego State for a while, you know, he obviously had some NCAA tournament success, and his thing was – in the tournament, you can't think about it of of going six and zero because that's just it's. But he looked at it as three mini tournaments, and you want to go two and zero three times. And I, I think you can kind of apply that. We're talking about like four games and now three games, and it's just like, can you go two and zero this week? You're one and zero here, and then I think you try and do that again, and and kind of ramp up that way for for the tournament. It's good practice when you think about it because this is what the NCAA yeah. tournament is going to be like. Who did a scout on the uh, game last night? I, I understand Barnes wasn't very happy with it. Really? I was pretty happy with it. I know Polinsky has Bama, so it must not have been him. It would have been Clark or Ganey. Clark or Ganey, yeah. I mean, we just we couldn't stop Janai Broom. Few have, in fairness. What? Well, another thing before I get out of here, Broom, how can Broom uh, not be a foul call the whole game? I, I, and that's just uh, – that refereeing last night was kind of a a helter skelter, wasn't it? Had a, had a very strong Blunt County vibe to it, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations to the Catholic girls. They're playing. They're going. They won today, and they're playing the state finals. Uh, hey, well done. See awesome. Did you guys see the end of the Bearden Oak Ridge game? No, yeah. haven't even, haven't heard about it. Buzzer beater, right? Uh, that was wild. Yeah. It, well, it was a tied game, and. Oak Ridge scored with about three seconds to go, and then Bearden runs just a full court give and go, and the guy hits a three at the buzzer to win. Bearden? Yes. I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> that's, that's what you guys do, that's huh? That's just what they do. Oh, man. It's, you know, talk about the, the scout thing. I, I read a really interesting article on On3 a couple of weeks ago. I had not heard about this, but there is a revolution going on in the way coaches structure their staffs whereas Barnes and for the longest time the the, the scouting has been you know Polinsky scouts Alabama Ganey scouts yeah, they South usually, Carolina they usually do that so you can Clark be about scouts, a week Kentucky. ahead yeah and, yeah and you just cycle through and everybody gets about 12 scouts a year right um a lot of schools including Duke 
Texas A&M. A lot of schools in, in the SEC, Steve Forbes made this switch just this season, are going to a coordinator model with their three coaches. So they'll have an offense coordinator, a defensive coordinator, and a scouting coordinator. So one of your coaches, like that's all he's doing mm-hmm. is scouting games. And I don't know if this is a good thing. Or I would love to ask Rick Barnes about this if we can get him on maybe after the season, but just the, the setup because that's and you know it's a, a lot of successful programs are are doing it that way but Tennessee still does the splitting up the scouts and I, I don't know who had the scout last night but I thought they did a good job whoever it was I mean Jenna Brooms up there with like Mark he's he's in that same conversation with Dalton and Mark Sears and a couple of the kids, the Dillingham kid from a couple of the kids from Kentucky. Such a good passer, man. Because we, we were running Josiah Adam in a double team a, a lot, and, and he would just he'd whip it around there and they'd have an open three. He, had, he just he sees everything that's going on around him so well. Really good player. Yeah. Quick timeout. TJ, the Kentucky fan. Hmm will join us when we continue on many of these fine fan-run affiliates. Stay with us. More of The Drive coming up next. Welcome back. The Drive continues. Fan-run radio Thursday afternoon edition of the show on this leap day. Shout-out to those of you who were, uh, I believe, uh, 5 million or so were born on this date. Oh, uh, shout-out to uh, my, one of my best buddies, Browns, his wife, Brandy. She turned... Two? Oh, uh, no, she turned 11 today. <laughs> well, good for her. Happy 11th birthday, Brandy. That would be pretty yeah, – that is pretty cool, though. I was reading about the history of Leap Day, one of these newsletters I get. I got too many newsletters. I got to – you guys – are you guys newsletter guys? No. No? No. I've got three or four, which is two or three too many. But, um, yeah, they, they found out – you know, we had the calendar for a long time, and they found out like the the 1500s, like we were off a little bit because it's not it's not perfect. Quite a bit by that point, weren't we? Do we even really know when anything is? You see what I'm saying? Like they were so screwed up on how they kept track of the date. Like, take for instance Christmas. Like, is that really Christmas? No, it's the celebration. Is it like, is it, it's just the day that we've. Historians suggest that Christ was born in the summertime. Mm. Makes sense. Leap years are necessary because the earth takes slightly longer than 365 days to revolve around the sun, roughly five hours and 48 minutes more. Yeah. So uh, they found this out. Pope Gregory the Eighth, the fifteen hundreds, the seasons had drifted off by roughly ten days, and so they're like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna fix this," and that prompted the disappearance of ten days in fifteen eighty two. We just like, "All right, these days didn't happen. We're gonna get back on board." 
That would be that'd be wild. Yeah. What happened those ten days? I don't know, man. Be a good month for a paycheck. Be kind of like going to New Orleans. They're just gone. China's cultural calendar utilizes a leap month every three years. A leap When's the month? Chinese New Year? Isn't that coming up? I don't know. What are we, a year of the dragon, something like that? The chicken? A lot of Asian talk on the show today. Making you uncomfortable, HK? What are you t- No. No, it's not. Thank you. 2024 is the year of the wood dragon. The last, wood dragon? Yeah. Last year was the year of the water rabbit. You do have to make... The water rabbit. Yeah, you, Bear was ready to rabbit. gloss over that one, huh? The water rabbit. <laughs> Never heard of that. You have now the water rabbit. You went through the whole year, 2023, without wondering what the water rabbit was. Hmm. Water rabbit. Answer me this. Why does every culture around the world going back to the like ancient times all have dragon myths and all their art, the dragon looks the same? It shouldn't be like that. Well, they found recently the skeleton of a dragon-like creature at the bottom of the sea. What if all the dragons just died and went into the sea? The Targaryens killed them all. Hmm. I've always found that odd. Like, why would they look alike? There's actually a lot of that with uh, like ancient hieroglyphics from different cultures that would have never seen each other, where what they draw in the rock or That's stone. That's what I'm We have no idea. Yeah. Oh, I, I think we have an idea. Aliens, bro. Don't get me started. What are they called? The uh, the Anubians. No, uh, did you listen to uh, what was that show called late at night on the radio? Oh yeah, uh, uh, Coast to Coast. Art Bell. <laughs> oh, yeah, love that. I was thinking about Art Bell last uh, last night or the day before because I saw my doppelganger, which that Jerry was one Seinfeld? of my my favorite episodes. You think I look like Seinfeld? I think there's a Seinfeld vibe. He, he looked more like Bob Saget than he did Seinfeld. There was a guy, I was at the drive through at McDonald's, and it was one of those drive throughs or No, it was um, it was the, uh, it was the Chick-fil-A. How bad is that when I can't remember which fast food drive through I was at? Pretty bad, man. <laughs> and I'm looking over the side, and there's a guy ordering, and he looks just, it's like a mirror. I'm like, this is weird. He looks just like me. He's got the beard, the nose, the mannerisms. I'm like, yeah, where did uh-huh. I come from? Brother! Yeah. And then he was gone. It reminded me of my favorite Art Bell thing, where he did like a whole episode on doppelgangers, and people were calling in, and there was one guy who called in and said, yeah, I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, and there's a guy out here who looks just like me. I keep seeing him, but I can't re- – he's always at the – cash register and he's leaving before i can get to him and everything and he just keeps popping up in my life this is and art bell's like wow that's fascinating unbelievable just completely accepting at face value everything people tell him Uh, i had some friends those guys used to just sit around and (laughs) and And what (laughs) do large amounts of illegal drugs yeah and they'd listen to expert they'd listen to that guy i don't know 
I still think, you know, hey, you, you saw your doppelganger. Tell me again how those idiot scientists that may have opened up a wormhole. You guys ever watch Ancient Aliens? <laughs> They're messing with stuff over there with that over there at CERN. There's God particles and doing all kinds of crazy stuff that we don't know about. It's like in Oppenheimer. Yeah, they were, like they were worried for a moment that the Manhattan Project, when they detonated the first nuclear device, that there was a small chance that it could set the entire atmosphere on fire and kill everything living thing on Earth. Yeah, turn it into just a. And they, they pressed the button they, well, anyway. They rolled, they rolled the dice. They figured it. They was, redid the math. <laughs> some guy forgot to carry the one. You got to watch Egghead. Manhattan. It's incredible. Okay, but seriously, have either of you ever watched Ancient Aliens? No. Yes, that's where I knew about the Anubians. Okay, some of it, Russell, space, space cadet stuff. Other stuff, I'm not saying I'm all in, but it does make you think. You like that wacky guy with the wacky eyes and the wacky hair? Yeah, the, I, I felt like the memes did, did <laughs> him no justice. Uh, you got, have but, you guys listened to the Bob Lazar, Joe Rogan interview? There's a 15 or 20 minute YouTube video you can go watch, and it's one. I'm with you. I don't believe I'm naturally skeptic about all this stuff. This guy's story was really detailed. Is that the UFO story? Yeah, yeah. I've come across this guy, uh, Sean Ryan. Like he interviewed somebody, and it was all about MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it's Sean Ryan as a former Navy SEAL, you know, spook kind of guy, and he'll he can get these guys talking. That stuff's wild, man. Speaking of wild, Tiger team. Let's talk to TJ, the Kentucky fan. Oh, Wildcat team. TJ, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, look, before I go into my phone call, if anyone thinks I'm just calling to poop on Dalton Connect, go listen to my voluntary reaction call last night. Now that we've got that out of the way with. Well, no, I, I think they heard it and they got they, they didn't they didn't like it. TJ it was widely panned. Well, DR balls, DR balls just soft. I can't help that. Oh! But anyways, um, look, you say it's just because he's tall and goofy. That's like saying, okay, Anthony Davis, National Player of the Year, he could just jump. Uh, Oscar Tshiebwe, he was just big. Zion Williamson, he was just unnaturally strong. I think Dalton Connect and Edie. Both are very good at what their position skill set is. That's like saying, let's see, that's like trying to compare a starting pitcher to a first baseman for the National League or American League MVP. You just can't do it. They both play different skill sets. They're both really good at it. And here's the thing. Taco Fall, he was seven foot six. He only averaged 10 points. Good point. Uh, the kid at UConn, he's seven four, and he's not even averaging double digits in points or rebounds. So to say, oh, if Dalton Connect was seven six, he'd be Michael Jordan. If he was seven six, he wouldn't be doing what he was doing now. He'd be doing what Edie's doing. Who do you think is the better player? Who or deserving of Player of the Year? If I was voting, I look at it like this. And last night, you even said it yourself. And by the way, uh, according to Haji out in the desert, the Naismith vote does come in after the tournament, which is probably wow. the way it should okay. like, let all the basketball be played. What about the wooden? I don't. I. I, I don't know. Got a minute, if TJ. Finish voting, up for us. Yeah. 
if I was voting, I take those players, take them off the team. Which person is more valuable to their team? Would Purdue be decent? Because I think last night uh, you said if you took Dalton Connect off Tennessee, we'd still be good. Maybe have five or six losses, but we'd still be good. Take the, take the person off the team who's more valuable to the team. That's who wins, in my opinion. Y'all have a good one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've we've talked about this before. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you can make a pretty good argument that I, I don't think we would be dead in the water without Connect. I mean, we would not be as good. No, I thought about that. Uh, you know what I think we'd be? Be a five seed. I think we would be a lot like we were last year. It'd be a lot. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be different. You'd have more from Josiah, more from Vescovy. It'd just be a different look. Be very well, inconsistent. And and like Rick Barnes, Matt Painter's a good builder of programs. He, he would go out and get other players. I mean, the guy's always in the tournament. He's always he's been there before they had Edie, and I don't think they'll go away once he leaves. Stay with us. We're not leaving. Hour number three of the drive coming up here on Fan Run Radio. <laughs> 